you're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Welcome back, Rockstars. I frequently collaborate with a fellow industry professional and really good friend, Jamie Oikel of RunningRestaurants.com. Jamie and I frequently get together because we're both passionate about the industry and helping others succeed in this business. So we've done a series of calls over the past year and a half. Uh, We have these back and forth interviews where we discuss a variety of topics that we believe will really help our audience And this one is, in particular, very, very powerful, where we discuss three fundamental foundational elements for any restaurant's success. So it's something that we recorded uh, not so long ago. I think you'll find it relevant and powerful. And these are immediately actionable ideas that you can take today and execute in your restaurant for greater success. There's so many amazing actionable nuggets here that'll not only increase your profits, but it'll help you develop what I call your dream team staff and just run a really, really powerful organization. Um, Whether you're a hotel or restaurant or hospitality operation of any kind, I think these ideas will serve you well. So why not grab paper and pen, take a listen, feel free to jot down notes, and listen up. Well, hello everyone. This is Jamie Weichel from RunningRestaurants.com, and I've got a terrific session on tap for you today. Today's topic is entitled Three Fundamentals to Master for True Restaurant Success, and you're going to want to absolutely put everything else aside for a bit and take notes on this because I promise it's going to be great, and I know that for a fact because I've got a great great, uh, great guest to interview interview for you and in Roger Bodwin, and over the years, I've probably interviewed Roger 15 to 20 times now, and so I know he's got the knowledge and the expertise my listeners are looking for to drive their business forward. Uh, Roger was a longtime successful restaurant operator with 20-plus years' experience in the business. He's now a restaurant coach and consultant and trainer and speaker as well as author, sharing all his hard-earned wisdom with others in the business. Roger is completely fanatical about pulling profits out of the restaurant machine, and you're going you're gonna to hear that in the stories that he tells. Along with his book, Roger has created the Restaurant Customer Service Program, Sales Stars, as well as the Soup to Nuts Program for how to run a profitable restaurant called the Restaurant Academy. So he's a great guy to talk to business with. Roger, welcome. Thanks for joining me. Hey, James. Great introduction. Thank you very much for having me. Well, you got it, Roger. I appreciate it. And, and before we dive into t- today's topic, I want to uh, – did I miss anything? Did I – there anything else you want to bring up and mention before we get going? Uh, just I'm really passionate about working with uh, operators, owners, and managers and helping them rock profits in their business. You're absolutely right. I was totally obsessed with profit. I had to be. I had seasonal operations that were only open four months a year. Um, I was really proud of the fact that uh, I had double the net profit at the average full-serve restaurant. So it was this obsession that led me to create systems across the board in all my operations, and now I share those systems freely um, with my audience, and so I'm really happy to be here today. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, we're going to we're, so we're going to talk about those systems and we put them in in three major buckets for folks today and we're going to cover a lot. So, the first uh big major bucket that you've got to get right is cost controls and that leads to profit maximization. There's a lot there and we're not going to go super duper heavy duty in, into some of this stuff, but how do you think about the overview when you're talking with a new operator or a new client and you're getting a hold on costs, getting a hold on on their profits? What are some of the things you walk through? Well, there are two really, really powerful pieces to that question, James, and I'm going to start with what I call the cost-profit analysis. And what I do is I look really, really deep at a product mix report, which obviously tells an operator every single item they've sold over a period of time. And I like to look at at least six months of data um, at a minimum. And then we go to costing sheets so that hopefully every operator worth their salt has costed out their menu right down to the garnish, every single item that goes into a dish. But essentially, if we've got a cost of goods for every single item, category by category, we will transfer the volume of sales onto those cost sheets so that we know, you know, how popular every item is in terms of how many sales they generate. 
And then we analyze the profits. And the thing that I notice in most restaurants I work with is profits are all over the board. If we're talking about the appetizer category, I might have something that contributes, you know, a 3 or $4 profit. I have things that contribute maybe a 5 or $6 profit, and it varies so dramatically. But the telling result is when you suddenly find out that maybe over the last six months, you know, maybe you've sold 2,000 appetizers that only contributed a 3,000, I'm sorry, a $3 profit. And then you look and you've only sold maybe 700 or 600 of the higher profit $6 items. And that tells me you're losing lots of money because obviously the least profitable items that are more popular are taking sales from the higher profit items. So that is a really telling thing. And then we go back to the drawing board and we redesign a menu so that every single item in each category contributes a very similar, if not equal, profit. That is the key right there. It is absolutely possible to do that. Um, if there are popular items that you don't want to take off your menu, there are a couple things you can do. You can either raise the price on that item to get its profit more in line with the higher profit items. You can change ingredients slightly you know, those sort of things, or you can drop those in items entirely. But basically, we're looking for three things, appeal and variety to the customer, and then profit being most important. So that is a very critical exercise. And then we move into obviously the inventory. And it probably doesn't surprise you to hear that lots of restaurants just aren't doing this absolutely necessary step. And I think of inventory, James, as cold hard cash. And until it's absolutely sold, you know, there is so much margin for error, either it can be wasted or spoiled or stolen or whatever. And until you turn that into cash, it's like leaving $100 bills in your walk-in. And, and these operators just aren't taking that inventory. And then the final piece, of course, is figuring out what your costs of goods are, your food and beverage costs at the end of every week or every month. And you can't do that accurately unless you do the, the counts, you know, Walk through your walk-in and count every single item, everything in your coolers, your dry storage areas, your freezers, and do the exercise. So that's really the cost control, and it leads to the profit maximization part. You know, the cost-profit analysis, it's such an eye-opener because when these operators see, oh, my gosh, my least profitable items are my most popular items, no wonder you're working just as hard producing those low profit items and and now they know why their bank account isn't growing. So those are some pretty critical steps in that cost control profit maximization topic. Got it. Yeah. No, listen, I, I was writing down a lot there and, and I was reminded of of uh, I did a series of calls with Roger around his book called his book is called Rocky Restaurant and you absolutely have to pick up a copy. It's it's it's, it's fantastic. But we walked through a series of calls where we went through some of the spreadsheets you have in that book and I, I while you were talking I pulled it up on the on the web and yeah it talks we talk about um key item pricing, break even analysis for your restaurant, uh key labor systems, how to calculate food costs, taking an inventory, um most profitable item which you touched on, menu plate cost uh, product mix, all those things and and this is this literally over the series of eight or nine calls must have been uh, I don't know probably three, four hours worth of content. So we right. can't um touch on all that today but if you were to, to 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 identify a couple a couple of really key items inside of those topics, and and share two three extra tips with folks, what do you think you you touch on? Well, you know, we didn't touch on two critical items um, that that are either um, cost controls or profit maximization. And one critical piece that I find that a lot of operators don't know is their daily break even. And I know you just touched on that briefly. And, you know, this is all simple math, and it's certainly not, you know, college trigonometry here. And I, in my courses, I offer audio tutorials that literally explain what these numbers mean, where you find them. We provide totally turnkey automated spreadsheets where once you find these numbers and I show you how you just plug your numbers in and it calculates all this stuff for you. But the daily break-even is the point where you're not making any money and you're not losing any money, but basically what it costs you to open the doors of your operation, your restaurant, every single day. And every restaurant, let's face it, in America is not slamming busy seven days a week. It's not a Saturday night on a Monday for most people in this country that run restaurants. So if you find out that you're below your, your break-even point on one or two days a week, you got two options. You either come up with some special promotions to drive traffic on those days, and I've got plenty of ideas on how to do that, or give yourself and your staff a much-deserved day or night off 
because you're going to lose less money by closing than you will by being open once you discover what that daily break-even number is. So that's a critical piece that I teach. And then we didn't really touch on the cash cows because cash cows are a super way to increase your profits. And you can sell these things. You can give these things away. And, you know, we can dive deep into that if you like. Well, absolutely. I, I, I do. I do want to go on that because that's one of my favorite ones that you talk about. And if folks aren't doing cash cows in their business, they're really missing a big deal. So let me revisit that for a second. Um, yeah, you you talked about the daily break even. And if folks need to look at their days, um, they can do special promotions or take a day off. I think that, that's good. And um, in one of our later topics, uh, Big Buckets, maybe we'll touch on the special promotions because every time I quiz Roger on a couple of those, he's got some neat ideas to share. But, let, yeah, let's let's stay in here in, co- in cost controls and yeah. profit maximizations for a little bit more. And when you talk about cash cows, um, it, it's a fascinating thing that, that I hope most restaurants are doing. And if you're not, listen closely because it's a really great way to, to drive some, some money to the bottom line. So walk through how you think about it, how you talk about it, because um, uh, it's, it's, it's really important. Well, it's simpler than it sounds. And basically, a cash cow is an item. It can be a food item. It can be a drink or an alcohol item. It's something that costs you very little to put in front of the customer, yet it has a very high profit when you sell it because it's got very high perceived value. It looks great. It smells great. It tastes great. And it's got marketing appeal. And what I mean by that is you can use this item to drive business into your restaurant. And I'll get into that in a second. But just a few examples of a cash cow. You know, we in our restaurants, we had a wood-burning brick oven because our primary item was wood-fired brick oven pizza, and we developed a byproduct of the pizza dough that we made fresh every day, and the item was garlic knots, and, you know, lots of restaurants sell garlic knots. They're very profitable, but it's more it was more profitable for us because we made our own dough, and we only had one size pizza, and we would roll out a dough ball that had a certain ounce weight to it, And we would put it through our automatic dough roller, and it would have maybe a half an inch, three-quarters of an inch overlap around the pie pan once it was rolled out before the dough actually went into the oven. So my pizza makers just took a pizza cutter, and they just trimmed off that edge. Now, that dough that was trimmed off was already costed out in the price of every pizza we sold, so that dough was pure profit. It was absolutely free and clear. And all we did was my staff tied them into little pretzel knots and they took a, you know, a brush and they brushed them with olive oil and a little bit of butter and they sprinkled a little bit of Parmesan cheese and a little bit of garlic on there. And we baked it in the brick oven and we sold these things for 10 bucks a pop. So it was something that cost me about 30 cents to put on the plate and you could sell it for $10. I mean, and the customers loved it. It became our most popular appetizer. It was like garlic bread in in the shape of knots. You know, there were eight of them to the basket. The dough rose really, really, you know, nicely in the oven. So they were really substantive and really, really popular. But the kicker was we decided to use it as a promotional item to drive new business into the restaurant. So we went into the community in maybe a five or a 10-mile radius And we identified different non-competing businesses that we built relationships with. And I called those strategic alliances, and I met each of the owners or the managers personally, and I said, hey, you know, we have this item that we charge $10 for, and I'd be willing to give them to your customers absolutely free. I'm going to print up some coupons with a photograph of the item on it and some really compelling copy, you know, fantastic garlic knots, absolutely free, $10 value, whatever. And I said to the owner, and I said, if you pass these out to your customers whenever they come into your store, it's just a thank you for visiting your store, whether they buy something or not, just give them a coupon. And as long as you stamp the back of that coupon with an identification, either you know the logo of your store or your initials or something, I'm going to track these when they come back in, and I'll give you 10% back in trade for whatever the customer rings in a guest check. And so I got about 10 or 15 different partners, and I did this for many, many years. And some of my biggest partners that really embraced this program probably sent me twelve to $15,000 of new business in a four-month season. But the real beauty of this program, to get to the crux of it, James, um, like I said, the value um, was 10 bucks. the perceived value. The cost to me was about $0.30. Cents. 
plus the cost of these coupons that I printed by the thousands. So I had very little cost in this. And the average ticket that a customer would ring in my store was somewhere around $75 to $80 because it wouldn't be just one person coming in. It would be a two-top or three or four people that would come in. They would, you know, they would redeem their coupon. They would sit down for dinner. They'd have drinks and dinner. And I'd get an $85 check out of something that cost me about 50, you know, less than 50 cents. It was unbelievable. And we did this for years and it just drove so much new business into the restaurant. So that was one cash cow. So we said, okay, if one cash cow is good, several are even better. So then we came up with a homemade bread pudding recipe that probably cost about 35 or 40 cents to put on the plate. We served thousands of those for desserts. It became a really popular dessert that we sold. And then we had um, we had an alcohol item that we called Glacier Bowls. And the kick to that was they were these giant 60-ounce fish bowls with a stem. And, you know, there were probably, oh, I don't know, four ounces of well liquor in there. And then it was fruit juices and, and club sodas and a little grenadine. We probably had 10 different varieties of these. And they were so exciting. We put a glow stick in it and some Swedish fish in some of them, and they all had their own little hooks. Right. But we charged 20 bucks a piece for these things, and people would come in and they'd share them, and there'd be these really, really long straws, you know, that would go in them, and people would, it was almost like a, a scorpion bowl at a Chinese restaurant, which is also very, very popular. So that's just another example of how you can make money on your bar with a cash cow in addition to the food items. So you can't have too many cash cows. That's sort of one of my mantras. And it's really a way to increase the profits in your restaurant huge. It lowers your food and beverage costs because the volume really kicks in when you sell lots of these things. And then you use them as marketing tools or hooks that really drives new business and really creates excitement with your regular customers. So I can't say enough about the power of cash cows. Yeah, man, I'm glad I'm glad you walked through that because um when I when I every time I hear those stories I'm like I hope restaurants are doing that. I I I hope you take a note because you you're doing so many things in your business that um you're hoping hoping to make profits on some stuff you know some stuff breaks even some stuff um is a challenge. There's a lot there's a lot of challenges in the business right now and so if you're doing kind of everything average you're you're not going to win and you're not going to get ahead so you You've got to beat the system. You've got to break it, and you've got to do things like this, where your um, your cost is thirty cents and you're selling it for ten bucks. You have to have those things in your in your restaurant and in your bar that are just dropping dollars to the bottom to help everything else that's you know that's fighting uphill. So, yes. so um, good good stuff there, Roger. I I appreciate it um, sharing that with yes. with folks. So so get your cost controls and and look look for systems to drive profit maximization in your restaurant. The next big bucket that we want to talk about today, and this is Roger's uh, absolute sweet spot. This is where he killed it and crushed it, and, and he'll tell you why and how. But but um, staff development, training, recognition, and rewards. This, when I when I talk to you, you always point to this as kind of your number one driver. Tell me why you think that. Well, it is so your staff are the cornerstone of your business. They absolutely represent you every single day in front of your customers. And those staff are either making friends with your customers and building your business or they're destroying your business. And I learned a really painful lesson over 23 years ago. A couple of weeks before I was opening the doors to my very first restaurant, you know, it's a story I tell where I went into a place that was a wood-fired pizzeria, and I was expecting to learn something, and I was given a menu. I was sat at a table, and there were, you know, 10 or 12 specialty pizzas on that menu, and they all sounded pretty good, so I asked the server for her recommendation, and in all honesty, she looked me in the eye, and she said, I can't recommend the pizzas. I don't eat them. They're too expensive, and that just that just sent such a strong message to me and it scared me to death and I realized quickly and that became the foundation of my sales stars training system because I realized that what your staff say and do can absolutely sabotage your business if they're not trained properly. So training became a huge, huge passion of mine and it led to a lot of my success. But that was a key example where, you know, you're either training your staff to be brand ambassadors or you've got what I call the C team and the C team are just there for the paycheck. They're not doing you any favors. They're bringing down your morale and chances are they're turning off your customers and you'll never see those customers again and you might never know it unless you're really, really, you know, watching what these people do and say and you're training them well. 
So, you know, we can get into my, my philosophies about where to find great people and, and the mistakes that a lot of operators are making. And I know it's a labor shortage out there. It's really tough across the country right now. But that's why it's so important to build what I call the dream team, because once you have a dream team, and this is why this is so important, then they have your back. You know, I trained my staff to do several things, to notice, to see what the guests before they see it. I empowered them to fix what they could that was broken so that every guest impression was positive and memorable. And then I, I taught them, I trained them to think like an owner, to think like me, to put their guest hat on and to treat everything in the restaurant as if they owned it and they had to pay for it. And then there were recognition and rewards. So there were certainly incentives behind this training that really developed the staff. But the crux here was my staff had my back. And, you know, they say you've got a system in place. I say this all the time. If you can leave your business, your restaurant for a week, a month or a year, and when you come back, it's just as successful, just as profitable, if not more so than when you left. And that's when you know you've got a dream team that are making friends for your restaurant, delivering great experiences, and it's a well-oiled machine. And that takes training. And, you know, I can show you how to get there, but that's why I'm so passionate about it and why it's so important. Yeah, Roger. I want to I want to go back and touch on on a, on a couple of these things here because, um, yeah, your 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 voice goes up a few octaves when you when you talk about service and and you get you get uh, really energized about it, and I know it's it's what help you help you do it. And 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 folks, if you don't believe that it, he's right, um, uh, you, you just listen for a little bit little bit longer because um, the, the systems worked and, and his restaurants absolutely you know, crushed it in terms of profit numbers, but. But I, I, I want to go where, where you where you talked to me one of the first times we ever talked. Um, you talked about order takers, and, and yeah. this happens yep. to this day. It happens 88.7% of the time, and I'm just making up a number there, but it's probably yeah. even higher. When I go into a restaurant, I get order takers. These are people that come up to me and say, you know, hi, what do you want? They don't, they don't do anything else, and I yeah. know that's the most frustrating thing oh on the planet God. for you. So, so talk about it. Well, you know – that is frustrating. And I, you, you and I both travel quite a bit, and we have a lot of opportunity to check out different restaurants at different price points across the board in many, many places. And you're right. I would literally say that eight and a half or nine times out of ten, I get this order taker. And it doesn't matter the price point. And that just screams that this restaurant doesn't train their staff or they think it's enough just to put a person on the floor to take your order, you know, deliver the food and bring the check. And to me, that was just such an ordinary experience. It doesn't set the restaurant apart from the competition. And I look at the staff, every single member of the staff that interacts with a customer is a marketing ambassador for your business, okay? And if they're just an order taker with an average personality, even if they're friendly, they're not doing you any favors. And that's where that sales stars training came in. Because I always believed, and I still to this day believe that, you know, the restaurant business is all about entertainment and your front of house people aren't just employees, they're literally actors and actors, actresses on stage. I've always thought about when the front door to your business opens, your restaurant, every single day, whether it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or all three, it's like the curtain's going up and it's showtime, and your staff are there to educate, inform, and entertain your customer. And that leads to what I call the magical journey, because every restaurant in this country, I don't care where it is or what the concept is, you get a new customer in the door probably every day, okay? Someone who doesn't know the first thing about your restaurant, what makes it special, what makes it unique. And, you know, they may have just driven by and it looked good. Maybe they were hungry and it was lunchtime. Who knows? Someone told them to try it, but they still don't know. And your staff are the experts. They're the ones that should be trained with product and restaurant knowledge to take people on what I call the magical journey. And that's turning a new customer or a regular customer on to every single thing about your restaurant that makes it cool, makes it special, and to tell people what they don't know. And in so doing, by educating, informing, and entertaining, you're going to watch your sales rise dramatically. Because making suggestions strikes a chord with people, and if it sounds great, and if we're promoting what we know our customers will enjoy and appreciate, then check averages are going to double. And I've created a whole training system around that philosophy. But the bottom line, most important thing is treating every customer like your most important customer, like they're an old friend, even if they just walked in the door for the very first time. 
Yeah, absolutely, Roger. I, I, I'm telling you, like you, we touched on it, I touched on it, you did. It's like nine times out of ten that's not happening. And so restaurants are are across the board, you know, without pointing yeah. fingers, restaurants are missing opportunities. I shared with you a story, and I still haven't written it up. I, I want to turn it into an article, um, and I have to write this because it, cause it, it, I'm sure it's happening across the country where I had a, we had a fantastic experience at a restaurant. Server was great, made suggestions, upselled. We, you know, I think our, our ticket was over $120 for you know for the right. family uh, which for us was 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 a high average uh at this place and she was fantastic we were excited to go back to this place and um we go back to the next place i think in, in about a week's time we're like oh man it's gonna be great we're like we're like we're like jazz yeah, and we get this place. order taker and holy crap did the experience like we're like is this the same place what happened are we different i mean like she didn't she didn't upsell and I'm telling you, the check was—it was at least 120, and this, and the second time through, 70 bucks uh, because she didn't do her job. She left a ton of money on the table, and um, it was—it was—it was unbelievable. And we're like, we're like, um, geez, should, should we come back again and roll the dice? And we will, um, because the food was—the food was like knockout, and we're excited about the food, but the, but the service made a difference. So, so that that one little story. Um, it really drives it home, and, and and nine times out of ten, we I, we I'm getting the order taker wherever I go, and if you don't think it's happening at a restaurant, you've got to be paying close attention. You've got to be doing pre-shift meetings. You've got to be doing training. You've got to be talking about your specials. Um, Roger hits this stuff in his sales stars. He hits this stuff hard. Like you have to do these things to to give your restaurant a chance. So sorry, I went off on a tangent there, but um, oh, the powerful information, Jane, because <laughs> you're talking about every seat in every restaurant, every table is valuable real estate and your your staff are either maximizing opportunities in your business or they're losing you money it is that simple you know every operator out there is taking all the risk of business they're paying the mortgage the rent the utilities the the insurances the payroll the food costs i mean it's a huge risk that you're taking in this in a really risky business and a lot of operators are just leaving the sales to chance and they're not training their staff to sell to recognize these opportunities and it's just so much lost money every single day every single month all year long and it's that simple you know you got to train these people to serve and sell it's equally important well let's let let me use that as the last topic in this bucket is um talking about the C team which is you know A B C C being not good yeah. and and forming the the dream team. So you developed a team that your your turnover was incredibly low. You had people come, even even the seasonal business. You had people yeah. come back um, to year after year after year, which which just builds on itself and gives you gives you folks. But so some folks may be out there saying, oh, it's hard to find people. Oh, I got to take them because they're a warm body. Talk about the philosophy of even if you have C folks, you got to weed them out. You've got to bring in people, or you've got to develop them. You've got to find that. You've got to get your dream team in place. How do you really kind of give folks tips there that can that can make a difference? You know, it's it's really a leap of faith because I had the very same problems when I first started my restaurant so long ago. You know, it, it was labor issue then too. But, you know, every restaurant has at least one and hopefully a couple of what I call the A players. Now, an A player is well-trained. They've got the right approach, the right attitude. But most important, they have a true desire to serve the public. And then there's the B team where they have many of the same attributes. They just don't necessarily have the experience or the practice. All they need is a little polish to be an A player. So I took my A's. And I use them to train my Bs, to, to develop them into A players. And then I got rid of my Cs immediately. And I had, you know, let, over the years, I had Cs that would come in the door. You hire them seemingly for the right reasons. You know, I had a whole different hiring philosophy, which weeded out 90% of the Cs. But every once in a while, you get someone that, that looks good. They, they say the right things in an interview. You, you try them out, and they just don't work out. But over time, a very short period of time, you know, we developed what I called a culture of hospitality, family, and fun, where fun was, you know, how, how great it was to work there because the chemistry of the team was so strong and people really enjoyed their customers so much and customers would ask for them by name. So that's the fun part. But when you've got someone that has such a great time working in a restaurant, they're making really, really good money because they've been trained to serve and sell. Now, suddenly you've got the family part where the chemistry of the team feels more like family than employees. I never used the word employees. I never used the word staff. You know, we were all members of the same team. 
And then I use the A's to bring in more A's. I said to my A's and my B and my B team, who do you know that you think would fit here that might be looking for a new opportunity and, you know, might fit the team? And they brought people that they knew. And 95 to 98 percent of those people worked out great. And they became A's in a short period of time. And then pretty soon I only had an A team. I no longer had B's. I no longer had C's. I had 95 percent retention in a seasonal business that was only open a few months a year. And so I, I had very few openings, you know, it was, it was a beautiful thing. And we talked earlier about your staff having your back. So the recognition and the rewards comes in and it's all how you treat your people. And, you know, no one in the restaurant from my management team to myself, to my staff was too important to notice a detail that needed to be fixed, whether it was a window that was dirty, whether it was a cigarette butt outside the door that needed to be picked up. We all did it. I bust tables. If I noticed something, we were all members of the same team, the same family with the same common goal of dazzling the public and giving every customer a great experience. So that was sort of this magical formula that became a philosophy. And then the recognition and the rewards really kicked it into high gear. You know what I want to do is um, uh, bring you back, uh, or actually we, we've talked about it before. I want to put put people yeah. in a little bit of suspense and, okay. uh, and, and encourage them to go go find our, succession, our session on yes. recognition and rewards because you absolutely have to find where Roger talks about this stuff. Um, and it's part of part of his programs as, as well. He, he touches on it. I mean, it, it is it it will make the difference between your staff, um, you know, kicking it to the next level. The, the way he thinks about it, and the way he does it. So we'll we'll, we'll touch on it in, in the future, and we've touched on it in other sessions. But I want to I want to get to the marketing piece um, here, which is which is equally important. You know, we're identifying three big success factors, and that's cost controls and profit maximization, which we touched on, the staff development, um, which we just covered, and now marketing and affinity. So. You can have all those all those things, and um, but yet you have to you have to continue to bring new people in. You have to create that loyalty and that affinity. And you've actually already touched on a couple of a couple of those ideas. But um, I, I know from our, our past calls that you are, you also really really dig into this stuff as ways that you know special nights, um, special ideas, ways to drive traffic. Let's uh, let's kind of kick it off with uh, one of your favorite tips. Well. It goes back to staff again, and I mentioned that the staff can either be brand ambassadors and marketers for your business, or they can totally bring down the show, right? So when you think of your staff as a brand ambassador and that culture of hospitality, family, and fun I'm talking about, I didn't teach them this stuff. I didn't have to train them, and social media is so huge today, and online reviews and all these things that my staff were having so much fun in my place, and it was like this clubhouse between the customers and the staff. Both of those two groups were sharing and singing our praises all over social media. So my staff were posting, you know, what events were happening that week and how much fun they were having. And the customers were doing the same thing. And that became, you know, this word affinity really means loyalty, doesn't it? It means people want to go where they feel like they belong, like it's their place. And and I hate to use cliches, you know, we talk about the cheers formula, that, that classic TV show, you know, people want to go where everyone knows their name. And that was the atmosphere in my restaurants. And that's what I teach other operators to do is to get that cheers formula going so that your customers are spreading the word. And then you don't need to spend tens of thousands of dollars a year on traditional marketing. You know, the radio, the print, the TV, all that stuff is such a shotgun approach where you're just scrambling, trying to get new business in the door, and it's costing you lots of money, and you don't have any accurate way of tracking your return on investment. You don't know where that customer came from unless you're querying every customer at every table, how they heard of your restaurant. But instead, internal marketing, using your staff and the four walls of your restaurant to promote what's special, what's unique, what your hooks are, that builds affinity with your customer. And when your staff, your team are spreading the word about all these cool, exciting things, taking customers on that magical journey, then that kind of catches on. And your customers are now out there telling their friends and their family and anyone who will listen what a great time they had at your place. And you just did it a second ago, James. You just told us about this great experience you had at a restaurant where that server was just hitting on all cylinders, making great recommendations, just turning you on to the whole experience. And you were dying to go back there. It's too bad it wasn't a consistent experience. 
But if you can train your staff to deliver these consistent experiences to every customer, then that leads to affinity. So that is just sort of the germ of the idea. And then you come up with special promotions that drive business on different nights. We put a huge emphasis in, I, I mentioned family. You know, we were very right. kid-friendly because I learned a long time ago that the kids often determine where the family goes out to eat. And if you're the fun place and if you come up with lots of hooks for the kids, you can be sure that that's where they want to go, you know. And I'm not, I'm not telling you to become a Chuck E. Cheese's or anything like that, but I got lots of ideas that really turn the kids on. And the kids bring the families, and it just creates excitement. And then we have lots of ideas that bring customers back again. Once they've come in, they've experienced the restaurant. You know, one of the more powerful things we did, and this goes back to the cash cow idea, you know, we created these custom-branded lottery tickets. And, you know, people love to play the lottery because it's got that element of surprise and excitement and you're hoping you win something. And you're, you, take, you take the quarter out of your pocket and you're scratching off the little surfaces, you know, the, the squares, the circles, whatever they are. <laughs> so we had these custom branded lottery tickets printed and we would pass these things out in our check presenters after people would pay their check as a thank you saying, hey, you might win something. Thanks for coming into our restaurant. But every single ticket was a winner. So when they would scratch scratch this thing off, everyone was jazzed to win one of our cash cows, whether that was the garlic knots or whether that was the bread pudding or the root beer or whatever it was, they won something absolutely free. And nine times out of 10, that was going to bring them back into the restaurant again to spend more money. And again, the check averages were 75, 80 bucks for the cost of a cash cow. So I just, in this call, gave two ideas where a simple idea and a couple of coupons can bring a, a massive check average on very little investment. And that is part of affinity. That creates excitement and brand loyalty. And then we had a super powerful mug club, and that was probably the most powerful idea of all. Well, I was going to ask you about that because, yeah, I, I, they, the lottery ticket, I, I forgot about that one. That one's really neat. Um, people yeah. love the bounce back. Everybody loves to win. Right, right. But um, uh, the, sure, sure, I, I know the details of the mug club because we've talked about it, and, but but share, share it with folks because – it, it doesn't work for every single restaurant, but uh, people can spin it in their own in their own way. You can, it's, it's, yeah. It's a great opportunity for for um for for cash flow and and mm -hmm. for profitability and for affinity. So so walk through it. Yeah, I mean, if you have a bar or if you have a coffee shop or anything, you can sell these mugs that are personalized and they're customized, and the customer doesn't take them home. But there's a lot of value added with the idea of a club. So for, in our experience, um, we created a club where we were selling 20-ounce ceramic mugs of any variety of beer. We had 18 different beers on tap, combination of, you know, domestics and, and imports as well as micro brews or local craft brews. Had quite a selection. And people would pay us $50 up front to belong to this club. And for that, they got their personalized mug and, and they would, you know, they would draw on them, they would put stickers on them, and they were all numbered. And suddenly there was this appeal to have a very, very low number. So everyone, obviously, when they came back to renew their mugs, they all wanted to, like, beat someone to number one, number two, that sort of thing. But you, with the Mug Club membership, you got a T-shirt that was a custom Mug Club T-shirt, which obviously was advertising when they wore it around. And then you got um, discounted beer pricing. So instead of a 16-ounce pint, you'd get a 20-ounce mug. So obviously, you'd get four more ounces of beer for less than the cost of a pint that a regular customer would pay. And then we had live entertainment on weekends where your mug club card would gain you access without paying a cover charge. You could literally duck the line and go right to the front of the line, and our security team would let you in if you had a mug club card. And then there was all of these rewards programs attached to it. Uh, we programmed our point of sale system to recognize these mug club swipe cards. It was basically a credit card with a mag stripe on the back. And you can program this thing for loyalty and rewards so that every fifth swipe of the card, whenever this person's card was swiped four or five or six times or whatever it is, you'd win a prize or at the end of the season, we could track total spending from our mug club, and we awarded an amazing custom um, metal and, and hand-carved wooden bar stool with the person's name and their mug club number on top to the highest spender each season. So there were a lot of promotions of value added that was added to this whole thing. 
So it was a powerful program, and you can actually find sponsors. Radio stations are really big sponsors. They'll put their logo on these mugs or different companies out there, so you can get this sponsored. And it's free and clear upfront cash flow, and it costs you little to nothing, and look at the marketing value. So year after year, we would sell more and more mugs, and then you can put a waiting list together to create an element of exclusivity, and people are dying to get into the club, that sort of thing. But uh, just before I sold my restaurants, we were approaching 900 mug club members in this restaurant. It was extraordinary. And that was all obviously free and clear cash flow. What could you do with an extra 10, 20, 30, 40, $50,000, depending on how many of these things you can sell? And, and think of the business. I mean, these mug club members were in our, in our restaurants probably three, four, five days a week, and it became their clubhouse. And they were the brand ambassadors. So now they're putting all this stuff on social media and online reviews. And it it just became this super powerful program. And it just gained momentum like a runaway freight train. And it was so much fun. and, And it just built our business. You know, it was a core audience. And that was a super profitable part of our business, too. So any any restaurant that has a bar can start small, sell 10, sell 50, sell 100 mugs. And there's benefits to that, even if you don't grow to 900. Well, I one of the things I captured right there at the end was was the momentum of it because it yeah. sort of feeds on itself. Like take take it your example of of you know uh, you're up to 900 folks there, but um, uh, now it's my choice. Where am I going to go? Am I going to go to the place that I have the mug club where I have a chance to win the bar stool, or am I going to go to try some other place? Uh, you know, it's like now it becomes an easier decision to choose you. Versus the next guy, and that's what it's all about. And you you want folks to be be have a, a more reasons to choose you, uh, because there are literally you know fifty, a hundred different places people can go on any any given night. And yep. so why are they going to choose you? You've got to you've got to create the hooks. And so you talked about the mug club. I know um, your family night stuff was killer. Uh, lottery tickets um, were 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 terrific. So so you've got to develop the hooks where people are thinking about what's special. Why come in? You talked about the kids being being a driver to um, make the decision, and um, and I can speak to that because we have three kids under 12. Right. Uh, kids, where you want to go? Oh, not that place again. Oh, not that one. You know, they don't have they don't have anything appealing for the kids. Um, so, uh, well, this will be the last thing we'll touch on then. So, share because I think this one's killer that that you have when how you attracted kids and families. It's actually it's actually pretty killer. Um, Talk, talk talk about I think it was um, the the coloring program you had you had some other neat things what what do you got It was a combination of many different things It started with if your restaurant has any any extra real estate a corner a room anything that isn't being used um, with tables or whatnot I mean it can be a separate profit center unto itself where you bring in these even if it's just one or two of those arcade games whether it's a crane you know where the kids try to win the stuffed animals. Or, you know, it's a, it's a candy crane, it's a stuffed animal crane, it's video pinball or the, or the latest, uh, interactive virtual reality game, whatever. You got two or three of these games. You don't have any cost up front because there are these, um, music and game companies out there in pretty much most major cities. I was in a rural area and within an hour and a half of me, there was a, a game company that provided this. So they'll bring the games in. You don't have to pay for them. You just give them a real estate and then it's a 50-50 split on the revenue that the machines generate. They'll give you a change machine so kids can turn their $5 bills into quarters, that sort of thing. And then the company comes in and they cashes it out. You know, they cash the games out once a week and they give you their take and you know, these games were bringing in like $1,000 a week for me with my 50% split. And that was just a, a, a hook for the kids. The kids loved it. The parents loved it because most what do most parents want when they go out to eat with their kids, Jim? They want an uninterrupted fun night out where the kids are having fun and the parents can have a nice dinner to themselves without, you know, being bothered. Uh, and it's a convenience, right? So suddenly you're entertaining the kids. The parents are happy to give the kid a 5 or a $10 bill to eat your meal quick and go play on the games while we enjoy our meals. And then we had hooks that brought them back. Every single kid, we had a helium tank right at the host counter, and every kid had a custom logo 
um, balloon from our restaurants as they walked out the door. We had a prized treasure chest where when the parents were paying the check, the server would bring the, you know, the pirate chest over and the kid could reach in and get one of those, you know, you know, maybe it was a parachute guy, a little plastic man where the kid throws the parachute in the air and it comes down, or maybe it's a yo-yo or a ring or whatever, you know, just those knickknacks, but the kids loved it. But what you were talking about earlier was the coloring contest, and it was a hook to bring them back. So every single kid got a coloring sheet, which was also our kids' menu. And we told them, hey, we're having a contest, and if you win, make sure you put your parents' email address on the back of your entry. We'll hang these up, and uh, if you win, we'll notify you. Well, again, every kid was a winner. So every single email address got an email saying, hey, you got a, your kid won the coloring contest, and here's a $5 um, gift card for them to come back. Just bring in um, bring in this email and see your kid's artwork on the wall, you know, blah, blah, blah. And if that didn't drive more of those $70, $80, $90 tickets for the cost of a $5 gift certificate, which my food cost was 28%, so 28% of 5 bucks, do the math, it cost me nothing to get another $85 check average out of people. And this just built the business, and it was fun, and the kids loved it, and it just drove lots of excitement. So the helium balloons, the arcade games, the prize treasure chest, you know, the custom kids' desserts, whatever you do. Take care of the kids. If, you, if you've got a family-friendly restaurant, you can crank it up 10 notches and drive a lot of repeat business by marketing to the kids. You see, I knew that would be a good little segment. Good job, Raj. Um, you know, the one thing I'll add on there is if you capture the data um, of those email addresses, use the data because I swear to God, there's a restaurant that we go to that does a little bit of um, something similar with some coloring and, you know, put your parents' name on the, on the, on the sheet or your, the, the email, maybe the email and the phone number. And have I ever received an email from that restaurant? The answer is no, I have not. So I know the kids put my email because they want to win something. They, they put my email on there. And um, and we're not going into their database. I don't know what they're doing with it. They must have stacks and stacks and stacks because this is a po- this is a popular place that collects uh, a lot of a lot of these things. So so go ahead. It's, there's two parts of that equation. If you run something like this and you're collecting the data, you need to take the next step and use the data and build a, build your own database of customers um, that you can reach out to. This is something that I get passionate about. You need to control your database of customers that you can reach out to when you want to, whether it's about a change, a special, a, a promo, or, or whatnot. You need to have a database that you can rely on and go to. So um, I always give folks a hard time. They collect the data, but they don't use the data. You know what I'm saying, Raj? Awesome idea. Yeah. So, so um, all right. So let, let me let me kind of bring 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 us uh, full circle. We wanted to um, give a whole bunch of tips today, and thank you, Roger, for doing that. I know I, I have a, a scrappy little page here full of a whole bunch of, whole bunch of things. So I hope folks are, are likewise and took some notes. And if you grab one or two or three nuggets, we've done our job of giving you some tips. Uh, Roger literally has hundreds uh, more ideas like this in, in his programs, in his sales stars, in his academy that walks you through everything. Uh, his book we touched on earlier, and I, I ran through a, a sequence of calls with him, so I know the book is incredibly valuable. So check out his stuff. If you were to, to point people uh, to your stuff and, and give them a, a quick overview, what, what, what would you say? Well, there's really three tiers of product. You can find everything at restaurantrockstars.com. You touched on the book, which is a turnkey, you know, financial tool to help you rock your profits. It's uh, sort of an overview of my 20 plus year journey in this business and all the school of hard knock stories that happened to me and then how you can avoid those things and make more money in your restaurant. Uh, that does include the spreadsheets we talked about that are totally automated and the audio tutorials. It's a huge value. It's available for a PDF download if you like to read on your computer, or you can get the audio version, which is pretty brand new. If you like to listen in your car, that's exciting too. Um, Sales Stars is a complete training system. Um, it not only trains your staff to serve and sell like we talked about, it also helps you build your dream team. Lots of ideas there on how to do that. And then the Academy is soup to nuts. Whether you're starting a first restaurant, it's everything you need to know to start that restaurant. If you're going to buy a restaurant that's for sale, if you're going to start one from scratch, if you're going to buy land, build a building, all the permits and licenses you need, that's the first module. The second one is all the cost controls. The third one is the staff development training, recognition, and rewards programs. The fourth module is all the marketing and affinity ideas, some of which we talked about today, but like you said, there's so many more that we didn't touch on. 
And then the final module in the academy is all about efficiencies, how you find efficiencies across the board that also increase your bottom line profit. And it's all in this one turnkey package called the academy. And again, it includes the audio tutorials and all that stuff. And you can learn so much and you can apply so many of these ideas. And the ROI really does go through the roof for a very small investment. So you can find all this stuff at restaurantrockstars.com. Yeah, that's awesome, Roger. I, I appreciate that. We'll, we'll, we'll put the links along with the content so folks can get over there to that. I keep bringing Roger back because I love the way he shares the stuff. It, it just it, it really lays it out in a way that everybody can grasp and think about, wow, I could really use that in my operation. So that's why I keep keep um, bringing it back to my audience. Hundreds of people, because uh, 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 I can see the link sometimes, you know, hundreds of our customers have, have gone, gone ahead and, and purchased Roger's stuff. I highly recommend it to everyone to check out. He also does uh, free content through his podcast and his website. So make sure you're on his list and getting his stuff. He continues to deliver uh, great content for um, for operators like yourself uh, that are looking, and, and we're I know we're all just fighting in this challenging environment. And so you've got to do something different. You've got you can't keep doing the same thing because you'll get the same results. You got to look for tips and tools and ideas to change it. And so uh, Roger's a great resource for that. Uh, as always, I appreciate you spending your time and, your, and sharing your wisdom with uh, with our audience. Thank, thanks so much, Bud. One last thing, Jamie. You know, if you're a listener uh, to Jamie's content, and I'm happy that that we're having this call. Um, please reach out to me via email. If you've got a restaurant question that you're dying to get the answer for, if you just need some advice or tips, I love to answer customer emails. Um, you can reach me at roger at restaurantrockstars.com. Tell, tell me that Jamie sent you, and uh, I'm happy to answer your questions. Awesome. Well, thanks for doing that, Roger. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and do that because uh, he'll he'll jump on he'll jump on the email uh, for you. And I, I think you even uh, for certain folks, if uh, depending on what they're dealing with, jump on the phone and, and help them out a little bit. So, right. so uh, please do that. That's a, that's a great idea, uh, folks. This has been Jamie Oichel from RunningRestaurants.com, along with Roger Bogren from RestaurantRockstars.com. You can check them out on the web for all the stuff that they do. It's been a great session. Hope you hopefully you enjoyed it. We shared a lot with folks today. If you're looking for more tips, you can uh, check out our website as well for over thousands of articles on, on all sorts of content for, for restaurant operators, and that is at runningrestaurants.com. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to, to the, the Restaurant, restaurant Rockstars, Rockstars Podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. And while you're there, download a copy of the book, Rock Your Restaurant. It's a game changer. See you next time.